You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden announced his new press secretary, the EU proposes a complete ban on Russian oil, and New Jersey Governor Murphy reassures residents of reproductive rights following the leaked draft. Here's your national news recap for the week of May 1st. President Joe Biden on Thursday named Corrine Jean-Pierre as the new White House press secretary, succeeding Jen Psaki. Jean-Pierre will be the first black woman and the first openly gay person to hold the position. Corrine not only brings the experience, talent, and integrity needed for this difficult job, but she will continue to lead the way in communicating about the work of the Biden-Harris administration on behalf of the American people, the president said in a statement. Jill and I have known and respected Corrine for a long time, and she will be a strong voice speaking for me and this administration. Biden also announced that Anita Dunn would return to the administration as a senior advisor and assistant to the president. Saki's last day will be May 13th. Joey Reed, the father of Trevor Reed, the American freed from Russia in a prisoner exchange last week, demonstrated on Wednesday outside the White House calling for the Biden administration to help other Americans held hostage overseas, including two U.S. citizens still detained in Russia, Paul Whelan and WNBA star Brittany Grinner. Trevor Reed, a 30-year-old former Marine, was released last week after nearly three years in detention in Russia, where he was in prison on charges that his family and the U.S. government said were trumped up. Joey Reed said he had come to urge the Biden administration to repeat what it had done for his son and to put a spotlight on the cases of the families of other detainees. First Lady Jill Biden's weekend trip to Eastern Europe will include a Mother's Day trip to Slovakia's border with Ukraine. Sunday's stop at the border crossing in Vyshenenemetsky, Slovakia, will be the latest by a prominent U.S. government official to the front lines of the Russia-Ukraine war. There, Biden will survey a checkpoint where Ukrainian refugees receive basic assistance from humanitarian and Slovakian government workers before they travel further west to processing centers and transit hubs. At the stop, which will include a visit to a small Greek Catholic chapel, Biden is expected to convey the gratitude of her husband's administration for the work being done there and learn about the experience of aid workers and refugees. Also Sunday, Biden will visit a refugee center and school in the larger city of Koshista, about 55 miles from the border, where she'll participate in Mother's Day activities with Slavics and Ukrainian refugees. President Biden is very unhappy about the leaked draft of a Supreme Court ruling apparently overturning long-standing abortion rights. Biden said the landmark Roe v. Wade ruling has been the law of the land for nearly 50 years and should not be overturned. Biden talked to reporters before boarding Air Force One for a trip to Alabama. It's not known who leaked the draft to Politico. Senator Mitt Romney believes former President Trump will likely be the Republican Party's 2024 nominee. 
In an interview with Politico, the Utah Republican admitted Trump's popularity is not fading away, saying it was hard to imagine anything that would derail his support, should he seek office. Romney twice voted to convict Trump in his impeachment trials. Romney has faced questions about his 2024 plans and whether he'll seek re-election. New York Governor Kathy Hochul is naming a new lieutenant governor. She's picking Congressman Antonio Delgado to take over for Brian Benjamin, who recently resigned following bribery charges. Delgado represents New York's 19th congressional district, which includes the Hudson Valley Catskills. Delgado grew up in Schenectady and lives in Rhinebeck. A man is dead following a shooting late Wednesday night in Vallejo, California. Police responded to the 3400 block of Hazelwood Street shortly before 1130 and found a man in a car with at least one gunshot wound. The victim was pronounced dead at the scene. Neither the man's name nor the circumstances of the shooting have been released. It's Vallejo's 10th homicide of the year. A Florida man is found guilty of fraud and other charges related to a Ponzi scheme. Federal prosecutors in Tampa say Michael DeCorda scammed more than $80 million from hundreds of victims who invested in a company called Oasis International Group and used the cash to support a lavish lifestyle. The government also says he used the victims' money to buy high-end cars, million-dollar homes, and exotic vacations to Europe and the Cayman Islands. A federal jury convicted DeCorda after a 13-day trial. He faces up to 33 years in prison. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. The European Union is proposing a complete ban on Russian oil by the end of the year, a dramatic step for the continent that had to weigh its growing support for Ukraine's defense with its own reliance on energy imported from Moscow. The plan is to deprive the Kremlin of a key source of revenue will have to be approved by the bloc's 27 member states. It forms part of a broader set of sanctions as Europe takes new action to punish and pressure Russia over its war in Ukraine. Russian forces bombarded infrastructure across the country late Tuesday, seemingly targeting power hubs and railways, while its offensive in the east struggled to make progress. In Maripol, the last Ukrainian defenders and some civilians faced a new Russian assault that brought heavy fighting to the Azvatol steel plant, but there was relief as one wave of more than 100 people made it to safer territory after weeks trapped in the key port city's final stronghold. The Biden administration has determined that WNBA star Brittany Griner is being wrongfully detained in Russia, meaning the United States will more aggressively work to secure her release, even as the legal case against her plays out, the State Department said Tuesday. The U.S. government will continue to undertake efforts to provide appropriate support to Ms. Griner, the department said. Griner was detained at an airport in February after Russian authorities said a search of her bag revealed vape cartridges containing oil derived from cannabis. Since then, U.S. officials had stopped short of classifying the Phoenix Mercury player as wrongfully detained and had said instead that their focus was ensuring that she had access in jail to American consular affairs officials. New estimates from the World Health Organization show that the full death toll associated directly or indirectly with the COVID-19 pandemic between January 1st, 2020 and December 31st, 2021 was approximately 14.9 million. Excess mortality includes deaths associated with COVID-19 directly due to the disease or indirectly due to the pandemic's impact on health systems and society. 
death links indirectly to COVID-19 are attributable to other health conditions for which people were unable to access prevention and treatment because health systems were overburdened by the pandemic. The estimated number of excess deaths can be influenced also by deaths averted during the pandemic due to lower risks of certain events like motor vehicle accidents or occupational injuries. North Korea launched a ballistic missile towards its eastern waters on Wednesday, South Korean and Japanese officials said, days after the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un vowed to speed up the development of his nuclear weapons at the fastest possible pace and threatened to use them against rivals. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said in a statement that the missiles was fired from the North Capital region and flew to the waters off its eastern shore. It called North Korea's repeated ballistic missile launches a grave threat that would undermine international peace and security and a violation of UN Security Council resolutions banning any ballistic launch by the North. And that was the International News Report with Connor Brown. And now it's time for local news with me, Sam Whalen. What's considered the nation's strongest plastics ban is now in effect in New Jersey. Shoppers at supermarkets and retailers now have to bring their own reusable bags or buy them at the store. The ban also applies to styrofoam food containers, and customers will have to request plastic straws. A first offense comes with a warning, but a repeat offense could cost up to $5,000. Food pantries and nonprofits have another six months to come into compliance with the law. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is signing executive legislation to establish a state certification program for LGBTQ owned businesses. This free certification would expand access to public and private contracting opportunities and enable businesses to proudly identify as LGBTQ owned in their advertising. He added certifying businesses as LGBTQ owned will encourage their success by enhancing visibility, providing an extra layer of authenticity, and demonstrating they are welcome and vital participants in New Jersey's economy. From Anthony Giatrino at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, a standoff in Bergen County, New Jersey that resulted in a neighborhood lockdown ended peacefully recently, according to police. Police and regional SWAT team members were called at about 4.15 in the afternoon to a report of a man who had barricaded himself in a home in the 400 block of Thomas Avenue. Sources familiar with the situation said the man was armed and holding police at bay. The prosecutor's office said officers had made contact with the man shortly after they arrived on Thomas Avenue and had been speaking with him throughout the two-day ordeal. No one else was in the home at the time of the incident, according to the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office. Governor Phil Murphy is reminding New Jersey residents that if the U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, it wouldn't change a thing with New Jersey's abortion laws. The Democratic Murphy says state lawmakers took the step earlier in the year to enshrine every New Jerseyan's full reproductive rights into state law. This after the Supreme Court confirmed a leaked draft of a decision overturning Roe v. Wade was authentic. Murphy calls the draft enraging, but not surprising. He's calling on Congress to pass federal legislation to protect Americans' reproductive rights. From Corey Davis at 6abc.com, SEPTA officials will announce new safety and security measures in the coming days that will include bringing in employees from security firms who will receive specialized training to work on the transit system. The security personnel will serve as eyes and ears for transit police and will let passengers know the rules of riding, according to SEPTA officials. The announcement includes the approval of contracts with three security firms to add up to 88 employees for the SEPTA Outreach Services Program. The team will receive additional training for the new roles. SEPTA officials said the security firms will not replace police officers or serve in a law enforcement role, but they will, however, 
add another layer of security, and will notify police about situations that may arise. From Spencer Kent at NJ Advanced Media for NJ.com, while New Jersey has yet to record a case of the mysterious hepatitis in children, state officials are on the lookout as a string of severe liver infections grows throughout the U.S. and around the globe. Roughly 30 cases of unexplained hepatitis have been reported across 10 U.S. states, and nearly 300 probable cases have been identified worldwide. Most of the patients live in the United Kingdom. The cases have baffled experts. They could be linked to adenovirus, a virus that can cause the common cold, but their origins still remain unclear. New Jersey animal rescue groups are trying to find out who severely abused a puppy in Patterson. Eight-week-old pit bull puppy Peanut was found abandoned on the street with his jaw broken in several places and gums missing from severe head trauma. Peanut was immediately hospitalized and is being treated by Ramapo Bergen Animal Refuge and Jersey Pits Rescue. Following surgery and acute medical care, the eight-pound puppy is expected to survive. The investigation into the abuse continues and anyone with information is being asked to contact Ramapo Bergen Animal Refuge. I'm Sam Whalen, and that was your local news. I'm Joshua Ticino with your Rowan News. A ceremony was held at the Chamberlain Student Center on Monday to celebrate the $30 million addition to the Student Center that is set to open in the fall of 2023. The multi-level expansion will provide facilities for meetings, events, offices, and services designed to accommodate Rowan's growing student body and provide essential technology and amenities. Kevin Kett, the Dean of Students, talks about how this addition came to be. So we knew that uh, the original student center was only for 6,000 students, so as we grew, the president was talking to potential donors, folks for, for money opportunities, and this idea of Agora came up. So talking about the Greek philosophy of open spaces, communal spaces, and we knew that that's exactly what we wanted for our students. Just flexible space, place where they could go and let things happen naturally and, and just kind of spontaneously. And so we moved with that concept and the president has really done a great job of working with his leadership to fulfill that concept of how do we grow the student center, but in a way that it's student focused and open and flexible in the space. Dr. Barbara Chamberlain, the widow of Dr. Mark Chamberlain, former president of Rowan University, then Glassboro State College, gives her words on what this addition means to her. I'm amazed of all the things that are going on on this campus, and the student center becomes more and more near and dear to my heart as it's named after my husband, and he loves students, and he would be tickled to see what is happening here. He would be so proud, and I am proud to have his name on this building. Joseph Lizza, the director of the Chamberlain Student Center and Campus Activities, highlights some of the facilities coming to the student center. There's just a lot of more lounge space, casual drop-in space. So we have the meeting rooms, which um, we'll have some of those that are reservable, some that could be used for drop-in. But we also find that there's just going to be little clusters of seating that students can sit, study, get out of the way. If they want to be out in the open, they can, or they can kind of find a secluded area um, to sit down and study and you know work on projects. Also, it's going to have a coffee shop that's going to be a social gathering place on campus and just a general student commons area that will allow for different types of events, similar to the pit, but it will hold up to about 1,500 people standing. So, plus you're able to, we're going to have furniture to do banquets, as well as um, lectures. There's all be that latest technology will be also included in the space. Paige Bathers, Rowan's SGA president, explains how this will affect Rowan's student body. I think this will affect the student body in a great way. I think it's going to add more spaces for students to hang out on campus 
get them out of their residence halls and stuff like that, um, more places for people to meet other people, um, and so they're not just all focused into their residence halls or an academic building, they can have a place where they can really hang out um, in a student commons area, and I think it'll be great for student morale and kind of having more spaces to hang out. I'm Joshua Ticino, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. Danny Ryan with your news from around the professional sports world. Focusing on the second round of the NBA playoffs, let's start in the East with a battle of the three-seeded Milwaukee Bucks and the two-seeded Boston Celtics. In Game 1, the Bucks, without Chris Middleton, dismantled a fully healthy Celtics team by a final score of 101-89. to Giannis Antetokounmpo dallied a 24-point, 12-assist, 13-rebound performance to single-handedly take down a very strong Celtics team. The Bucks' defense stepped up in a big way, limiting star forward Jason Tatum to 21 points in 40 minutes of play, with Jalen Brown struggling to produce 12 points in 38 minutes. Offensively, point guard Drew Holiday tallied a dominant 29 points and 9 rebounds to fill the absence of forward Chris Middleton. In Game 2, the Celtics bounced back at home in a big way, defeating the Bucks. 109-86 at TD Garden. Jason Tatum tallied 29 points and 8 assists, with Jalen Brown erupting for 30 after failing to crack 15 points just two days earlier. Game 3 is scheduled for today, May 7th at 3.30 p.m. as the battle heads to Milwaukee. Staying in the East, the local Philadelphia 76ers find themselves down two games to nothing after a clean two-game sweep to start the series in Miami. 76ers center Joel Embiid remains out for Philadelphia, with the series heading to the city of brotherly love. At the time of this recording, it is unclear whether or not Embiid will suit up for Game 3 Friday evening, but 76ers staff remain hopeful Embiid's health will improve by tip-off. Switching to the Western Conference, the defending conference champion Phoenix Suns have earned themselves a 2-0 advantage as the series travels to the Lone Star State. The Suns narrowly edged the Mavericks after Game 1, defeating the Mavs by a final score of 121-114. Luka Doncic tallied 45 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists in an outstanding solo performance. However, the offensive firepower of the Suns proved to be too strong. Unfortunately for Dallas, the narrative would remain the same in Game 2. Phoenix, led by Devin Booker with 30 and Chris Paul with 28, dominated their Mavericks competition 129-109. to Doncic kept his foot on the gas pedal, finishing with 35 points, but he finds himself with his back against the wall as the series resumes Friday at 9.30 p.m. Last but certainly not least, we close out your sports news with the number three-seeded Golden State Warriors against the number two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies. This series, a chippy one at that, is knotted up at 1-1 with both teams trading punches in Memphis. After Draymond Green was ejected due to a flagrant two in Game 1, Dylan Brooks was called for a flagrant two and ejected after committing a hard foul to Gary Payton II. Payton, falling on his elbow, would injure it and was subsequently ruled out for two or more weeks. This series certainly has the potential to go seven games after Game 1 was decided by a final score of 117-116. to In Game 2, the Grizzlies even things up after a 47-point performance from John Morant. With the series heading to the Bay, things are about to become very interesting in the Western semis. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the professional sports world right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
with your Rowan Report business update. Elon Musk is set to take over Twitter for the next few months once his deal to buy Twitter is finalized. That's according to a report from CNBC. The deal Musk is involved in to buy the social media giant is worth $44 billion. He has secured more than $7 billion of that, including some money from the Oracle's co-founder. Florida will get more than $680 million in an opioid settlement. Rick Hoschel has details. State Attorney General Ashley Moody announced the agreement with Walgreens, calling it a historic settlement that will have far-reaching impacts across the nation. It comes nearly a month into a trial over Walgreens' alleged role in the opioid epidemic. Under terms of the agreement, Walgreens admits no wrongdoing or liability. The pharmacy chain says the settlement includes $620 million to be paid out over 18 years and $63 million in attorney's fees. I'm Rick Hoschel. Weekly jobless claims jumped last week. The Labor Department reports 200,000 Americans filed first-time claims for unemployment benefits last week. That's 19,000 more than the previous week's revised total. The biggest increases in claims were in New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Georgia, and New Jersey. The sharpest declines were in California, Ohio, Michigan, Washington, and Minnesota. Attorney generals from across the country are pressuring President Biden to forgive federal student debt. The AGs from states including New York and Illinois say Biden can cancel the debt by taking executive action. They say it's good that Biden is thinking about forgiving $10,000 worth of debt. However, New York's attorney general is calling for bolder, more decisive action. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell more than 1,000 points a day after the Federal Reserve announced an interest rate hike. All three major indexes took quite the hit during Thursday's session. Any of the major gains made Wednesday were gone before lunchtime in New York Thursday. At the closing bell, the Dow fell 1,063 points to 32 to 997. The S&P 500 lost 153 points to 41 to 46. And the Nasdaq dropped 647 points to 12 to 317. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Comedian Dave Chappelle is okay after he was assaulted while performing on stage. Chappelle was performing at the Netflix is a Joke Festival in Los Angeles when a man jumped on stage and lunged at him, hitting him in the torso before running off. Actor Jamie Foxx jumped on stage to help Chappelle, who appeared to be okay and joked about the incident afterwards. Chris Rock also came on stage and asked Chappelle if the attacker was actor Will Smith. The incident comes five weeks after Smith slapped Rock live on stage during the Oscars. Doja Cat is topping the Billboard Artist 100 chart for the first time in her career. That's thanks to five charting singles on the Billboard Hot 100 and continuing success of her Planet Her album. Track Woman recently peaked at 7th place. The album itself currently sits in 6th place on the Billboard 200 album chart. Phoebe Bridgers is sharing her abortion story following the leak of a U.S. Supreme Court draft opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade. The singer took to her Instagram stories to reveal that she had an abortion via Planned Parenthood last October while she was on tour. Bridgers went on to say that everyone should have that kind of access. The sideline singer also provided fans a link to an article that listed charities and funds in different states that work to protect reproductive rights. Lady Gaga is once again bringing her musical talent to the silver screen. The pop sensation co-wrote and co-produced Hold My Hand for the highly anticipated sequel to the 80s hit film Top Gun. Reps say that the track appears throughout the film. Gaga called the ballad a love letter to the world during and after a very hard time. 
Top Gun Maverick comes to theaters on May 27th. Mariah Carey is announcing the launch of her official 2022 Pride Collection. The announcement comes ahead of the month-long celebration of the history, culture, and contributions of the LGBTQ community in June. Prices range from $15 to $115 and are available on Carey's merch website. Some of the collection is themed after her 1999 album, Rainbow. Rapper Post Malone is celebrating a new chapter in his life. The rapper and his girlfriend, who he has not publicly identified, are expecting their first child. They celebrated with friends and family over the weekend in Southern California. Post Malone said this is the happiest he's ever been in his life. Week 4 of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard defamation case is underway in Virginia. Heard, Depp's ex-wife, has taken to the stand this week as the first defense witness in the multi-million dollar defamation lawsuit. Depp is suing Heard over a 2018 off-piece in domestic abuse she had published in the Washington Post. During his testimony in trial, Depp said his ex-wives berated and attacked him constantly during their short-lived marriage. Depp's attorneys have called family members, friends, medical professionals, and law enforcement officials to testify on behalf of the actor. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.